0: Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is CM Alexander with the news. After many years, the identity of the Mercedes killer has been revealed. Brady Hartsfield was apprehended late last night. A witness at the scene claims he was taken out by a woman in her 40s wielding a sock against his head. I'm sure when he wakes up, he'll have one hell of a headache. I just hope for his sake... Someone is willing to give this monster a hand. You are listening to Dairy Public Radio. This is Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, C.M. Alexander, alongside Joshua Khan. Hey, everybody. Benjamin Graham.
1: What's up, Constant Raiders? And today,
0: we are finishing Mr. Mercedes, and Josh is leading our discussion.
2: Yes, let's get straight to it. We open things up with the hit song, Kisses on the Midway. <laughs> I don't know why I want to hear this band. I don't, like...
0: <laughs> Over there sounds like a good band.
2: <laughs> Round here?
0: Whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Stephen King's attempt to write the lyrics to
2: pop music. Oh hysterical. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to jump straight there for a second since CMU listened to this on audiobook. Over there? Uh, God damn it. <laughs> I'm going to skip around here uh, and geez. go to the audiobook when they're at the concert and you hear the singing. How <laughs> is it in the audiobook?
0: Is it great? It's what you imagine. The guy doing the audiobook does such a great job with everything But he can't make that a good song.
2: (laughs) I would I'd love to hear somebody do because we don't hear like get much of the lyrics to the song. But I would really love if any of you musically inclined audience members want to put together a demo for this song. You send that to us and it'll be great. I know we
1: get a brief description of the front man of this boy band, but I couldn't not picture in my head boys for now from bob's burgers
3: (laughs) (laughs) that's perfect just yep
2: brady in the audience going i love boo boo (laughs) 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 oh my god so we kick things off in this chapter hodges wakes up and decides you know what today's the day i'm gonna put my fist through the face of the mercedes killer (laughs) He is damn determined. Today is the day it all ends. Oh. He, he
1: very suddenly is like he's been playing around with, okay, when we get serious, we go to the cops. He drops that
2: pretense so fast. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's had enough. And he's going over the case files one last time. And he gets uh, first he gets a call from Pete and Pete's saying, hey. I only let you leave the other day because we're buddies. I know you're full of shit. We're going to bring you back in here for some serious questions. Jerome calls and says, hey, if you need a ride anywhere, let me know. And he's I- like, why would I need a ride?
0: Right. <laughs> How do you forget your car and girlfriend blew up the day before?
2: To be fair, he never forgot his girlfriend blew up. That's Just
0: true. forgot it was in his car.
2: <laughs> and uh, he. so he goes down. The only reason I want to talk about him leaving interrogation is because this is the last scene we get of Charlotte Gibney, as she is also waiting to be questioned, and she is a giant bitch.
0: Super bitch.
2: Like, for her to be upset, sure. Understandable, obviously. But she asks if Janie had a will. hmm That's the last question she asks before Hodges doesn't punch her face.
0: She acts the way that I imagined from the scorn that Pete and Bill gave Olivia, that that's how she was.
1: <laughs> yeah. She is so far and above worse than <laughs> any of the other people Bill she's a has real given shit. Sissy. Yes. Yeah. But, but whiny,
0: not like whiny or not as you know, sissy at least had some gumption.
1: Yeah, she had she's some like power. The part of the she's the Holy Ghost to the Trinity of Sissy Wilma Jerzik and, <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: and Charlotte Gibney. Charlotte that's, Gibney.
1: Wow. <laughs> So just for well, our
0: listeners, we have Knocker's Needful Things, and Mr. Mercedes.
2: That's that's a hell of a drawing of the 3 <laughs> Oh, oh.
0: <no. laughs> There you go. You did Jesus. it.
2: No, no, thank you. <laughs> Speaking of the worst people in the world, Brady. We get to Brady in his hotel room, musing about how uh, none of this is his fault. And he's, he's just a product of circumstance. What did you guys think of uh, Brady's pity party for one?
0: Once again, I saw parallels to Bill, which at some point end in this when Bill does actually show what I feel like is an appropriate level of remorse. So thank you. (laughs) Finally. It was interesting reading about him. But then as soon as he's like, oh, maybe I'll think about my mom and beat off. I was like, (laughs) no.
2: So he can almost get your sympathy until he beats off to his mom. Is that?
0: I don't even like that sentence.
2: (laughs) Now this is a point where I I assumed CM you were going to be very excited because now Jerome comes back and he is in the thick of it. He comes over and Hodges has the idea to have him call vigilant security and pretend to be a paralegal. What did you guys think of him finally bringing Jerome into this full on? Once they transition from
1: these are just the people that are around Bill by circumstance to fucking assemble the team. It kicks so much ass. <laughs> they're all instantly so good at being private detectives. <laughs> it's easy to forget that Jerome is, what, 17? Mm-hmm. Yeah, instantly they they have such good instincts immediately. Yeah. And it, it rules.
0: I really like this scene too, but I felt kind of bad because as much as I like Jerome, as soon as Holly's like, dude, I got this, <laughs> she just Kills it harder than either Bill <laughs> yeah. or Jerome.
1: <laughs> yeah, she kind of makes uh, Jerome redundant on the computer stuff. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs>
2: this is where we get the the trail of breadcrumbs that lead us to Brady. We get to talk to Radney Peoples again. Mm-hmm. Classic Radney hangs. We find out that uh, Cyber Patrol is who is constantly around that neighborhood. Cursory internet search takes them to discount electronics, and it turns out Cyber Patrol only has three members, and uh, they head that way. But before they leave, Hodges grabs two things. His old police idea that does not have retired on it, (laughs) and a set of his dad's lockpicks. I have a lot of questions about... Hodges dad.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> made me think too. I was like, is that standard issue for cops? <laughs> like Well it's uh, easier
0: to carry than a battering ram.
1: <laughs> that is true. Well, I think cops actually do have like slim gyms mm-hmm. yeah. that they use because you can call the cops to help them unlock your door your like
2: car door or, yeah. or anything.
1: I didn't but know you could do that. Lock picks?
2: Well, it doesn't say lockpicks right here. It just says like a leather case. Did you guys have any idea what it might be?
0: Oh, I thought the leather case was the Happy Slapper supplies.
2: No, he's got the Happy Slapper in his pocket. Mm.
0: No. I do
2: like the idea that he has a fancy leather, I-
3: a Luke leather briefcase
2: me. for his big sock, <laughs> his big heavy sock yep. that he keeps. I, I thought, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was his badge mm. at first when he first pulled it out, and I was like, oh fuck, if he flashes the badge at someone, that's Real serious crime.
0: And he does.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now we get to Brady's plan. Finally being revealed. He is going to... He has rigged a wheelchair to explode in the Mac. And just like Ben, you called it. That it was... You said it was... um,
0: Reminiscent of Norman Daniels. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Here's a question. He's laying in bed, not thinking about his mom. (sighs) Instead, he's thinking about his brother. And he's holding this photo... Of Sammy holding or Frankie holding Sammy the truck. What did you guys think when this moment happened? Like, why he brought that with him? We know, we find out later, but.
0: I thought it was weirdly sentimental because of how he didn't seem to care about his brother and very easily pushed him down the stairs. He resented him so much Mm -hmm. because of his disabilities and the care he had to provide to him, and he was abusing him because he didn't know how to deal with it. And so. I was like, well, that's. I don't buy that you love your brother, <laughs> which I guess people can be complex. But yeah, fuck Brady.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was like I'm sure it was genuine. What Brady passes for emotion, it, it felt very performative for himself. Does that make sense?
0: Like he's playing the part of a human. Yeah,
1: yeah, that, but like, oh, yeah. just for him to to, to make himself feel. So that he can say, none of this is my fault. That
0: he makes sense. He carries
1: this thing around that says, you know, this started it. None of this would have happened if uh, Frankie hadn't choked.
2: So. Because that's the most important thing that happened in that
0: whole scenario.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: He's so despicable, though. It's, it's-, it's shocking that he pretends at all that he needs like that excuse or to play human because it's i'm surprised he's not just like yeah i want to fuck my mom and i want to kill everybody and this is all my fault and i'm proud of it
1: (laughs) yeah it makes me it made me so upset i don't know if it was it's at this point or later when he looks at the picture and says i love you frankie do you love me yep
0: And he makes him say he loves it. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it is so deeply upsetting because you don't Mm -hmm. know how much of it is sincere and how much of it is just he's batshit insane.
0: Because you don't get that. I I think you get a conversation between him and Frankie, but it's more accusatory if I remember Mm -hmm. right. While his mom's alive. He has no one else to quote unquote love. And so now his source of affection is from his dead brother, maybe? That, that's his only time. Yeah, Mom's gone.
2: That's true. What do you. This is really off topic, but what do you guys think Brady's life would have been like were it not for the choking incident and everything that followed? Like, let's say for the sake of argument, Frankie's alive right now. What do you think?
0: Oh, dude's like a serial killer for sure. Do you and think he would have
2: found a way? So.
0: Yeah. I think. He would have killed animals and wet the bed and wanted to be a cop real bad. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, classic serial killer affair. And I think that because right away, Frankie's in a coma and might die. And immediately his mom's like, it'd be better for us if he does die. And thank God it wasn't you. Look at my boobs. (laughs) And so there's something wrong in this family. Yeah. From the start, and it would have only progressed, I think.
1: Yeah. But I also think that there's a lot of people with sociopathic tendencies that don't feel emotions the same way, that don't kill people. Like, I I think... I don't know that it is 100% sure that he would have been a serial killer, but he definitely would have been a piece of shit. (laughs) Well,
0: are you kind of positing that... Killing his brother was sort of like the catalyst into being okay with that type of lifestyle. If he hadn't had that experience, he might have
2: definitely a big factor, I would say. And he was very young when it happened. So that
0: Uh, his brain. I think there are a lot of people like that who we just haven't caught doing shit. That's
2: entirely possible. So Jerome and Hodges show up to discount electronics, but guess who beat them there? Holly Gibney, because she's a badass. (laughs)
0: And in the Mercedes. You go home. In
2: the Mercedes.
3: I
0: only liked this because it was her. And she was so... Like anybody else, it would have been kind of gross. But she's like, not even thinking about what yeah. happened to the car. <laughs> she's just like, I have my driver's license. Yeah. I am insured. And no one would mind. It
1: <laughs> adds to how badass it yeah. is. Yeah. Because of how badly it shakes up Jerome and Bill. Yeah. They're like... The
2: fuck? And she's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) No one was using it. It was in the garage. It's fine. I (laughs) have to, uh, I'll get
1: to it later. I think I have a little bit of a crush on a fictional mentally ill person. (laughs)
0: I'm right there with you, buddy. I
1: love Holly
0: Gibney. (laughs) Holly's amazing. The end
1: of this book pushed me over from like, (laughs) Holly is a great character to like, Holly should be the main character of every book.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I love that her solving this was so much easier. Like, we know that Brady wiped out everything on Olivia's computer, but who looks at the junk mail folder? And Holly just was like, hey, I'll take a look. Apparently and not a is.
0: detective or a guy who's really good with computers. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, you. I would have to say if I was looking at it, somebody's email and it was just blank, I probably wouldn't think about it.
0: I like, too, that when they walk up, they, Bill sees this like teenager with gray hair smoking, and it's Holly. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> they agree to stay outside while Hodges goes in alone, just in case anything happens. He goes inside, both Tones and Freddie see him. He doesn't see recognition behind their eyes, so he's like, all right, now we know which one it is. And gets Brady's address.
1: Doesn't he kind of sense that it was Brady when they're looking at the pictures online? He
0: talks about that like in retrospect, though, and Mm -hmm. says when he looks at his picture blown up, it looks like the guy. He looks like a creep. And then he's chastising himself saying, oh, you know, everybody says that when they see Mm -hmm. like photos and stuff. They're like, oh, yeah, I just knew he was a bad guy. (laughs) But then he goes back on that. He's like, no, but I'm right.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but I'm a cop. I got this. Yeah, okay. Uh, Hodges comes out. Uh, Jerome reveals that Brady is the emperor of ice cream.
0: I was surprised we didn't have some of that, honestly. Yeah,
2: I was really waiting for an emperor like of ice cream a, a reference. It was a
0: very king thing that didn't yeah. happen. Oh my god, do you guys think that Brady is the ghost vampire from Kingdom Hospital? Oh my
3: god. <laughs> yes. Yep,
2: that's it. <laughs> we solved it. This is where Hodges, he beats himself up. For not making the connection that Mrs. Melbourne, back when he was canvassing the neighborhood, and she was mentioning suspicious things. For
0: dismissing another woman. Mm.
2: Yeah. What did you guys think about this moment?
0: This is where he mm. won me over. I was like, oh, you you finally see a pattern in yourself that anytime a woman opens her mouth, you're like, hmm, yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, this is
1: a really, really good resolution to that arc. Yeah. I love when you actually get to see the character a character grow yeah yeah like cm said it's been the whole book of like this dude's got some shitty reactions to things
0: the thing that pushes it over the edge and makes it really sincere this is jumping way ahead so we're going to scale back again but the end mm-hmm. that it's holly mm-hmm. that bill has to take that back seat that just takes this moment of growth and realization and it just makes it sincere and Powerful.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think uh, what I like about this moment is that you can easily look at it two different ways. One as a resolution of this and him growing. But on the other hand, the piece of information that is the connection he ignored is so small. At the same time, you wouldn't blame him for having overlooked it all this time. So I, yeah, with he's Mrs. taking Melbourne, it more seriously. And yeah. That's the the gravity. Like,
1: yeah, the the phrase that Mrs. Melbourne says, they walk among us. It, it's not like if he would have not dismissed her as a kook, that would have solved the case. Right. But just that he is like Oh, that poor woman, I shouldn't have dismissed her as a <laughs> Even though it wasn't, like, if it had been the case-solving moment, then you could, like, put that as, like, oh, he just realizes that he could have solved the case earlier. This was a inconsequential thing that he still realizes
2: he should have handled better. Bill decides they're going to take the Mercedes to Brady's. <laughs> <laughs> he tells... At first he says Holly can't come. She has to go home. But Holly maintains eye contact with him for three full seconds. And then he's like, nope, all right, she's coming. Well,
3: Which she is also, fucking
2: powerful. Yeah. Th- three seconds of <laughs>
1: from a character that has been like cringing away from people the entire book. Just that moment of, I'm going. You're like, oh, she's in charge now.
0: <laughs> and isn't, isn't this where she threatens to call the cops? She's yeah, like, if yeah. you don't let me go with you, then I'll call the cops and tell them. Who to find, yep. right. so suck it. <laughs> this will
2: all be for nothing. Now we jump to completely different characters, Tootie and Muldoon. Not their names, not a reference I got. Thank God King I- took a long time to explain it. <laughs>
1: yeah, a real cool uh, <laughs> car 54, where are you reference. Like, neat. It's what we've all been craving. As a 60-year-old man
2: myself. <laughs> I <am passionate. laughs> uh, uh, Not only do I love the whole, Uh, Tootie and Muldoon thing, but at the end, like one of the very last lines in this section is one of the ATF agents being like, Which one use Tootie and Muldoon? Which one's Muldoon? Because like everybody gets it. Everyone. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Everyone loves Car 54. Where are you?
1: (laughs) I can't wait for the reboot next year.
2: Yeah. Ben. Uh, What was your favorite episode of Carthage Forward?
1: It's probably the episode where uh, Tootie has to go to the prom and (laughs) Mrs. Garrett says something inspirational. (laughs) I think there was a
2: character named Joe. This is facts of life shit. (laughs) Never mind. Perfect. But they pull up and they draw on a guy who drops a grenade launcher out of a box. (laughs) This (laughs) chapter was like... First of all, when
1: you're this close to the end of a book and suddenly you're with new characters, you're like, something bonkers is about to happen. But then a guy just drops a rocket launcher
0: on the sidewalk.
2: And it just slides out of one end of the box.
0: This is why I would be a bad criminal, because I would have that luck that I would drop my (laughs) rocket launcher in front of the cops. Uh,
1: And as it turns out that this is these two cops accidentally bust in on an ATF sting and it's the biggest bust of a huge illegal weapon smuggling. There's so much ammo in this pawn shop that it would have taken out half the city. Yeah, And they're busted because they're sending people out the front door with <laughs> rocket launchers
0: Parked illegally.
1: Parked illegally! <laughs> uh, what
0: a
2: useless crime organization. <laughs> no wonder ATF had them did, unlocked.
0: Did this work for you guys, the setup of, of who owns the shop? How this keeps Bill and Jerome and Holly at the forefront of the Mr. Mercedes killer mystery and the cops out of it?
2: I, yeah, for me, I think it worked. I liked it. Yeah, I, I think it was a tidy way to
1: explain why when they called... The guy in charge of security that just they didn't call a bunch of cops in yeah if the cops
2: aren't available
1: it makes the ending a lot more suspenseful
2: the, the reason i like it is because i like that here in a little bit we get the moment that hodges is ready to throw in
0: the towel that's what i was gonna ask though i feel like he only thinks he would have thrown in the towel if that hadn't happened Given his personality, I believe that there would have been something else or something would have popped up in his mind and he would have come up with an excuse to hold on to it.
2: The only reason I disagree is that the I think the final thing in his head about why he calls is finally realizing we don't have the t- uh, We could do this. We don't have the time. Something If we don't turn this over, ugh, thousands of people could die. Like he is... Willing to put his ego aside because he knows that he has run out of time and now needs to take the consequences for everything he's done.
0: But the minute there's a bump in the road, he's focusing on Holly saying he's ours and Janie saying he's ours mm. and all of that. And I, I still think that excuses him because he could have just... Done any number of things. He could have called in a bomb threat. He could have said, Pete, shut the fuck up. I know who the killer is. I've been talking to him. You're going to be really mad at me, but you need to listen. (laughs) There's a lot of ways you can get somebody's attention if you actually want to.
2: That is true. So he wanted to. He just didn't want to bad enough.
1: Right. I think that's exactly Is I think if they would have, if this huge thing would have happened, he might have reluctantly given it up. Yeah. But I don't think that need was a need. So yeah. he got this excuse and just fucking ran with it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, Hodges and the newly assembled team arrive at the Hartsfield house. Uh, Hodges picks the lock. They get in. He does a sweep. He finds Deborah's body. The,
1: you're, you're skipping over.
2: <laughs> oh god. You uh, want to talk about the neighbor?
3: <laughs> oh no. no, That's what I was going to talk about.
1: <laughs> yeah there's the this Fucking neighbor, this uh Mr. Haney uh, from Three's Company. Yeah. <laughs> I'm keeping the theme rolling with television shows no one our age should know about. Um <laughs> What I was going to talk about is when he goes around back and whips out the lockpicking kit. And it has the very cool Law & Order stinger line. Jerome goes, what are you doing? And he turns to him and goes... Breaking and entering, <laughs> As, like I can imagine cutting the commercial.
3: Right, right
0: I, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> and, so I, well, and I
2: thought it was smart. The because Brady's in the car with Holly, or Brady, Jerome's in the <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a much different book. uh Jerome's in the car with Holly, and they he basically has him on his phone and says, "I'm going to check in every thirty seconds." Yeah, so come go do something. If I don't respond. <laughs> yeah, he sweeps the house. He he finds the body of, of Deborah, decides to call Jerome and Holly in once they find the computers. Man, once they get into the basement, they, they hit this brick wall. How did you guys feel about them being so close there with the computers and having no idea what to do about any of it? This is where
1: I'll say, at this point was the point where I started to think, holy shit, this book is going to end with the bad, bad guy winning.
0: Yes. Same, right? Yes. I thought that, that be, especially because there's three, I'm like, oh, he's he's going to get away with it. He's going to kill 100%. a bunch. And I was trying to remember from the outsider, because I know she references yeah. this case. Did she say there was an explosion?
1: Yeah, I just remembered her mentioning something really bad happening mm-hmm. at the Mac Center. Mm-hmm. And I was 100% sure. That Brady was going to succeed and fucking obliterate himself.
0: I also, if I had known that the voice activation wasn't specific, like, like your phones, like your Mm -hmm. had to be your voice. It could just be a similar sounding voice, which I guess can be on the phones, too, because my husband has unlocked mine. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask. I thought that they weren't ever going to come back around to that. Yeah, it's
2: it's because that. The whole book, we've been getting him only mm-hmm. using the command words and like, how the fuck are they going to come up with these? So, yeah, I I love that dead end feeling.
1: Yeah, and the fact that they, they like come down the basement, and it's literally spotless. Bill finds the cut open uh, suicide vest and a single ball bearing and is like, oh, I know what he's going to do now, which is terrifying. Yeah. But they don't find anything else and they just leave. And I'm like how how we're cutting back and forth to Brady heading to the fucking concert and I I'm like there's what can they do?
2: Well, they don't leave totally empty-handed they say <laughs> Holly Holly not only takes Deborah's laptop but also steals her purse yeah, you can only get so wet
3: like <laughs> oh my God.
1: no, I mean like when you're you've broken and entered into a crime scene yeah. You can only get so wet, you might as well steal some shit.
2: That's true.
0: I
1: Did you think that phrase meant something
0: else? I thought you were... Okay, earlier you commented that you have a crush on Holly. And I wasn't sure why you would, you would phrase it as her making you wet by stealing stuff. Uh, so Ben's all wet for Holly. Ben, uh,
2: the, the wetter, the better for Ben. Oh,
1: really, <laughs> Oh, people are going to be so confused when that's the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> the better, the better. The fuck does that, <laughs> what the hell that mean? I don't <laughs> want to know.
0: It's too- probably
2: something CM said. <laughs> oh, Jesus.
0: What were we talking about? <laughs> what
2: were we talking about? Uh, so Holly we, stole a purse. Yeah, we yeah. we we already kind of talked about. Uh, Hodges goes outside, calls Pete. Pete says this ATF thing happened. We're swamped. See you later.
0: You were right. It was these guys. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it this, was the mafia. Yeah.
2: Those people who blew you up. That ties this up in a bow, and he comes back inside. And Holly's just gotten off the phone with her mom after just <laughs> like reading her mom the riot act, which was great. See,
1: I did love that, but the the call from Pete that was another piece of evidence. That I was like, oh, he, it's he's gonna get away with it because that completely ties up. All loose ends yeah. for Bill. He could just walk away right now and no one would ever know that he was involved in any of this. Right. Yeah. It's a complete get-out-of-jail-free card, and I figured the rest of the series was just going to be him
2: dealing with
1: the guilt of
2: failing. Yeah. Holly does have a really great line here, though. When they get back downstairs and Holly's back on the, we're doing this... And Bill says, when did you become so assertive, Holly? And she says, I guess when I saw pieces of my cousin burning in the street.
0: No argument to that.
2: Ben, scale of one to ten, how wet? (laughs) (laughs) I hate this new bit. (laughs) Uh, Brady sends one last message saying, ha ha, I'm leaving town, you'll never catch me. And this, it doesn't work. But it works just enough.
0: I'm so angry at this part. Yeah? You too? Yes. It does. Makes me so fucking mad. They're so dense.
1: Yeah. It's so it's like,
0: almost
1: purposefully, like it feels almost purposeful how wrong they're getting everything. Because they're like, oh, he's he's leaving town, so he's going to do something this weekend. Because he says, enjoy your weekend. I know I will. Mm. So Bill's like.
0: So it can't be a misdirect. Yeah,
1: Jerome, check Check everything that's, uh, any big gatherings for this weekend. And they're like, oh, well, there's that big concert today. And he's like, no, it's Thursday. (laughs) Check Uh, this weekend. uh, We have to
2: be very literal. And Jerome's like, yeah, but my mom and and sister are going to the thing tonight.
3: Should I tell them? (laughs) No. No, it's Thursday.
0: Okay. I do love and then fucking hate when later Bill realizes if this had been my daughter, would I have felt comfortable saying, yeah, it's okay. Go to the concert. No. And he goes to tell Jerome to call his mom and sister and then gets distracted by something. Nothing would distract you.
2: What? I don't know. What does distract him is the fact that Jerome has found a job fair that is this weekend and it fits so perfect that he's yes he gets it does, locked in but
0: you would still hold on to that thread you you wouldn't risk people's lives yeah. on that why? especially he blew up Janie like it, bill knows that this guy can just strike whenever he wants mm-hmm. and bill won't see it coming he proved that to
1: and him why put it off why it, you can investigate both of them yeah yeah like go stake out the mac
2: and then if he doesn't show up then, then go to the police and tell them about the job fair. Right. Well, he he does call the head of security at the MAC, mm-hmm. so gives them the description of Brady, says he's a child molester, and that he'll probably be trying to get in there so keep, have all of your security keep an eye out for him. So he he thinks he's doing enough Yeah. because he thinks he's really got the the right lead.
0: And he thinks that Brady's going to stick out like a sore thumb, so just having his picture... Is going to be enough. I guess he doesn't know yet that people can disguise themselves.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I And like what he thinks that the security team... Because he even thinks like, I can't tell them if it's a, it's a bomb threat because then they're going to escalate the situation and he'll just blow himself up.
0: So let's rely on them to do anything if they're yeah, that terrible.
1: Exactly. Like <laughs> Sorry, what's Josh the,
0: is just watching us. <laughs>
1: what's the difference... Between them going, you have a bomb! And like, you gotta come with us, you're a child molester. Either way, he clicks the yeah. button immediately.
2: That's a really good point.
1: I didn't <laughs> think about that. Like, it's all, it, once again, everything the book is giving us is leading to, there's no way they're catching <laughs> this
2: did, did you guys guess Deborah's password for a computer? Honey Boy? Yeah.
0: I'm... I- blocked it out so no i was just trying so hard not to remember who she was and what she did
1: shortly after finishing this book i was uh scrolling through i think amazon prime looking for a movie to watch (laughs) and last year uh LaBeouf buff released a movie that's semi-autobiographical where he plays his own dad it's called Honey Boy, and I'm like, well, never watching this. Can't watch it. Oh,
0: that phrase. Not that I ever used it, or it's ever been used on me. Well, I'm a girl, but it. I if and if I ever heard anybody call anyone else that, it, I would react like physically. It's a
2: gross <laughs> term. As a term of endearment,
0: it could have been cute, but knowing what is attached to it. <laughs>
2: yeah. Once they're inside the computer, they find a notepad basically that deborah's been trying to figure out what these words that she keeps hearing brady say are
0: i love this because i also had dismissed deborah as just being too much in her disease of alcoholism to be able to attend to anything else and of course that's not true like people can still find unfortunately like not very healthy but ways to function and do things when holly's like it doesn't matter she's She knows there's something wrong with him, and she's going to be keeping tabs on him and trying to figure out what he's up to. My mom does it to me. There's something wrong with me. Poor Holly. There's nothing wrong with you. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I just really liked this moment that she, you know, educated them about that, and she was so right. I thought it was cool.
1: Uh, It's another case of the men dismissing a woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, In this case, it's a woman who gives her son handies, but
2: come on, feminism. <laughs> uh,
0: Haja, oh, this Jesus, is don't say feminism tied to that. Ben,
2: I don't know. <laughs> you do a lot of handjobs. Hashtag feminism. To
0: your sons?
2: I I didn't. You finished that. Give your that son a handy
0: I... feminism. God. That's what you
3: said. No,
2: I know. Yeah, I take it <laughs> all that no, uh, From this point on, we pretty much jump they're pretty short chapters between everything that's happening outside of the mac and what is happening at the mac hodges holly and jerome return to brady's house they have jerome do the key the code words but like (laughs) like, as the countdown's happening he starts to freak out so he has to like calm his voice down and then they make fun of uh brady's background and uh his something about the enterprise is mentioned I'm sure you blocked that out, Sam.
0: That really upset me <laughs> deeply.
2: <laughs> what was it? I, f- I forgot that part. He Basically, I think Hodges says something like, he jerks himself off thinking about being on the Enterprise. Oh, or something yeah, that's he's right. Got all the who
0: doesn't?
1: <laughs> During all of this investigating, we're missing out on the reason that I went from Holly's a great character to Daw, look at her, <laughs> is her moments with Jerome... The chemistry these two have Absolutely. is so perfect. I forget what he says. She's like working on the computer. And he makes some offhanded, not even a joke. She giggles and like slaps at him and is like, you're so silly. And I'm like, that's adorable.
0: Yeah. I like when she gives him shit too. At some point yeah. he gives her some stellar advice like, "Move the power on? And she's like, go make yourself busy, Jerome. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> That's something so great about Holly. Like once once she is comfortable with you, mm-hmm. she's all in. Yeah. And that's great. There's a brief scene with Tanya and the girls showing up to the Mac, talking about mm. how tonight's gonna be the best night ever. Once again, you cannot be a character
1: that has not gotten a chapter about them from their point of view and just talk about how great it is to be having a good day with your daughters. And not die horribly. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the rules people that was a dead giveaway. I was like, oh, these these two are dead.
0: Especially when the mom was cause initially she didn't even want to take them. Mm-hmm. And who would? Be like, oh my God. Yeah, boy right. band, Screaming Girls, this is gonna be a nightmare. And seeing their excitement just reminds her of exciting things she did as a kid. And she recognizes, oh, this is my daughter. Like, this is a first experience mm. for her and I get to be a part of it. And yeah, you're like, Oh, no, no. They, they're, they're
2: dead. Yeah. They're goners. They even get see Brady and they're like, oh, that poor guy in the wheelchair. If he's still walking when we get a parking place, we should go push him up and, and be <sighs> nice. Like,
1: And there are so many other things that like. When Bill tells Jerome, oh, don't bother calling your parents, he says, like, the, I said a thing that would haunt me for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, they're dead. They're 100% dead. dead. Can we talk about Brady preparing? Yeah. Because he gets to the, to the Mac and he parks behind a big loading van mm-hmm. that they were using to unload, like, props and stuff. And he gets out and he's just at the edge of a parking lot and he's like gets out and hauling a big ass wheelchair out of a car by himself. One person (laughs) just looking
2: over and being like, (laughs) <laughs> What's that guy doing? <laughs> Would have spoiled That's everything. True. But uh, you also have to think behind that truck, it was probably parked all the way at the back end of the lot. Like, yeah. It was a calculated risk. The
1: important part of this that I wanted to say,
2: though, was after
1: he gets situated and he sits in his chair and there are wires, he's wired all of the explosives together and he's hiding the wires and the thing too under the picture of his brother. Yeah. He is about to head into the Mac, and he looks at himself in the reflection of the window, and he says, I can't, I he didn't recognize himself. The guy in the mirror looked sick. Oh, I didn't even hang on to that. Yeah, because he is disguised as, like, a cancer patient, yeah. or, or no, I guess he implies to a guard that he's been in a car in accident. A car accident. Yeah just shaving your head isn't enough to make you look sick. So I can just imagine how like gaunt and yeah. just like bad
2: he looks. <laughs> he plays off the picture of Frankie as though it was his son to get through security with
3: <sighs> you, people's Brady.
2: pity. That, when they let the the people in wheelchairs come through first and all security is on them, like Brady freaking out was real yeah, intense.
0: because he didn't really bother to hide anything very well because he thought it would be easy breezy
1: it's even more tense because i i think freaking out is the wrong word it's he he doesn't he sees that there's way more security than he thought and he thought there'd be all these kids everywhere and now that he sees that there are way less people around and the security he's like oh i'm going to get caught and he just starts running calculations on how many people he can
2: still get yeah. in his head.
1: He's still, like, he knows he'll
2: beat his score.
1: Yeah, right. he's not He's not
2: freaking out. He's like, this
1: ends the same way regardless. And that's even scarier. Uh,
2: jumping back uh, a little bit, though, one moment that I did really love is when he goes to sit in the chair. And he's like, this might blow up the second my <laughs> ass hits the seat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that he, was pretty when great. When he
1: plugs in thing, too, he's like... Yeah if the batteries, like, <laughs> discharge, That's then it. I'm gonna blow up this big truck yeah. I'm next to.
2: <laughs> which would
1: have been a really
2: great end. Would have for. been really funny. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the Hartsfield residence, they're poring over the laptops, they discover some games, some files, some sexy photos of Deborah that
3: she oh. clearly posed for.
2: <laughs> what, wasn't gonna skip over that. I and wish you would. clippings from the city center massacre, and lastly, Brady's ticket to round here. Jerome immediately tries to call his mom and sister, but all of the circuits are busy, so they head off to the Mac. Jerome, who I believe spent his sophomore year driving getaway cars, uh,
0: because
2: <laughs> he or <laughs> taking a stunt driving course.
0: I think it's the adrenaline, though. Yeah. He's so this is funny, kind of. I I was really irritated with they were calling the mom and sister. No text, really? You know you'd you'd be like texting, there's a bomb, get out of there, and calling.
2: Sure. On
1: the chance that the text uh, was able to get through, yeah. yeah. Honestly, that shows how good the scene was because I did not think of that. It's so tense. Mm -hmm. And and like you said, it is kind of funny because like Jerome is just... Tokyo drifting through the streets (laughs) of the city and Holly's just like in the passenger seat just being like, yes, yes, yes.
3: Just like fist (laughs) bumping.
2: It's awesome. Yeah. They arrive to the MAC. The concert has already started, which means Brady is inside with the bomb.
0: Can we also, sorry, can we just talk real briefly? They're freaking out too because he's Bill's talking about um, the former, the retired... Officer, Well, he's not retired. He switched jobs because he got a little too handsy with perps or perks, whatever.
1: That's a thing that never comes into (laughs) play. play.
0: And he's thinking about how he he's he's going to use a heavy hand no matter what. And he can't let him know because he's trying to get a hold of him. He can't let him know that it's a bomb because they're going to freak Brady out and he's going to set it off.
2: I love that he keeps getting automated systems. And he's like,
0: son of a bitch. (laughs) That was very relatable. He's like, I felt like it was the slowest one in the world. (laughs) And then I thought that it was the same one over again.
2: And he's making all these calls. Meanwhile, he's having a heart attack.
0: Didn't expect that. He
2: started having a heart attack back in the basement.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. The second he's like, uh, he he starts rubbing his left shoulder. I
2: guess it threw it out. I'm like, God damn it, Bill.
1: No, you didn't. (laughs) This is a
2: book. That that gave it away for you? Yeah, yeah. I overlooked it entirely the first
1: time I read it. Immediately. He's been
0: talking about his weight. He's an old guy. Uh, yeah, as soon as he's talking about that, yeah.
1: It, yeah. It does, it's just, if a character in any media starts rubbing their chest for no reason, they're going to have a heart. Well, it's <laughs> <is laughs> that thing of like, if you see a character in a movie cough blood into a handkerchief, that person is dead. Because sure.
0: what's the resolution of that? We just find out that Bill had a sore shoulder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that
3: makes
2: sense. <laughs> Hodges. At this point, has figured out that he must have used some sort of disguise. He pieces the wheelchair thing together because he knows that he built a bomb and that there's all these ball bearings. And that's the only way he could get all that in. They show up. (laughs) They, like, charge the back of this theater and security is trying to stop him, and to no avail, really. Yeah, they don't really even try that hard. Like the
1: security at this place sucks. sucks. They're all none of them are in uniform. Yeah. He's just like, "Hi, I'm a cop." She's my or Holly. Is like, "I'm his partner." He's the trainee. Yeah, it's like that doesn't even make sense.
2: That's not how the cops
1: That's work. How I don't cops think. Cops
0: always introduce themselves. <laughs> yeah, too.
2: yeah, I. Don't I haven't read any Joe Hill, so I didn't catch this, but I saw somebody posted that uh, one of the guys who's working crew is wearing a band T-shirt and it's a band from a Joe Hill book. Oh,
1: I miss yeah. that. Uh, I haven't read if it, it's probably from like Heart Shape Box, which is about rock. That would make sense. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, they find out the section that he would be sitting in and s- they know that he has he clearly knows who Jerome is. He knows who Hodges is. That means it's all up. To Holly Gibney to get close to him before he could do anything. And we get a peek into Holly's, quote, total freakouts. Uh, <laughs> what did you guys think of, of getting that look into Holly's past?
0: She basically, like, has autism and tics and gets made fun of at school, and her parents don't understand. You know, when she's, um, she, like, does this, like, hugs herself? Is that yeah, her move? Yeah, she, she has and grimaces a
1: tick where she, she wraps her arms around herself and makes faces it's Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know if she was it's very um
0: thinking of Tourette's
1: yes Mm -hmm. it's it's a very it sounds like a Tourette's tick Mm -hmm. almost but yeah her classmates mock her relentlessly give her a terrible nickname and she flips out and and has a nervous breakdown
0: and then when she is in her, I think it's her early 20s, and she's trying to just make it on her own, have a normal life, and she has a job, and her boss is horrible, and she flips out and I think does what any normal person would do <laughs> in that situation. But then she has a, a breakdown again. And I think that's sort of the turning point in her life where she loses her autonomy, basically. yeah, Becomes sort of... A word of her parents again. Yeah.
2: I think it's so important to get all that information right here because we see how a high pressure situation can flip that switch for her. And you wonder... Is this going to be too much?
0: But in this I, instance, she has power. Mm-hmm. Like it's not something being done to her. She is mm-hmm. the hero. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I didn't think that at all. Yeah. Like, of is she going to be able to handle it? Because throughout all of this, Bill keeps mentioning Holly is weirdly the calmest of all. Of <laughs> yeah. And I get that. I, I I have pretty bad anxiety disorder, and I'm really good at having panic attacks. But I have a job where sometimes there are medical emergencies and I have to deal with it. And in the in the few times that I have had to deal with something like that, weirdly, it's just something I'm able to just become. So I related with this so much that I was like, fuck yes, she is completely in control. This is weirdly when the world goes crazy is when she's like, oh, mm-hmm. I get this. I, I can be cool <laughs>
0: well, with this. And do you think that's more... Do you think that's because those things like that are more of an external thing where it's not about me and what's going on in my head or things I'm concerned about? It's just me going into action.
1: Yeah, it's it's, she's out of her head and just being like, I know what needs to be done because she's a very
2: analytical person Mm -hmm. and just fucking does it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Armed
2: with the happy slapper. (gasps) Hodges gave her the happy slapper.
0: Always braining pervs with that thing. I...
2: (laughs) swear to god
0: <laughs> you thought he's going to turn into worms <laughs> no. <laughs> no
1: i swear to god if every book in this series does not end <laughs> with holly braining someone with a big sock every single book i want that to be the climax
3: I can not get just behind the that. hodges
2: books all
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> holly just comes in the <laughs> just i reread it i don't remember <laughs> at the end this woman we've never heard of shows up and beats a big spider to death with a sock
2: weird it's so weird it's a weird book now we jump back to spend our last few moments with Brady who has recognized Barbara in the crowd and he's very happy about this
0: why is he waiting to press the button
2: it's part of his plan he wants the biggest song he, he's waiting for the carnival stuff to come in, because that's, that's the, the most popular song. He wants everyone to be singing along in this auditorium. It's just and then so do it.
0: stupid. And I hate carnival it's, shit. It, I, I hate this scene. It is so... I
1: can't imagine what a, this show is, a right? A boy
0: band... There's not... No, Carnival and Boy Band do not go together. The album is
2: called Kisses on the
1: Midway.
0: No. That's the Midway. This is
2: not a thing. (laughs) They literally, (laughs) they're like, they
1: have sang a few songs, and then the main guy comes out and he's like, do you like Carnival? (laughs) Goliope music starts playing. I'm like, what the fuck is going
0: on? And all teenage
2: girls are like, carnival!
0: It creeps me out. (laughs) It's gross. Anyway, it doesn't matter.
2: (laughs) 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 Uh, He sees the carnival set start coming out. And he he starts staring at Barbara. And he's going to wait to blast until she's looking at him. Because he wants to be the last thing she sees, which leads to one of objectively the most hilarious scenes <laughs> yeah. I've ever read, where Barbara's like, "Oh, it's that nice wheelchair guy we saw earlier. Is he waving at me? <laughs> no, it, no, <laughs> he's giving me the finger.
1: That was so no, funny. it's his. It's her mom. Uh, her because the girls are completely. Oh, oh,
0: I thought it was Barbara. Too. No, no, it is Barbara.
2: Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, still. Because she she looks over because she wants to make sure he's having fun. Oh, I read
1: that all as as his mom telling you. Anyway, it's irrelevant because Holly shows up and caves his fucking skull in in (laughs) front of an
2: enormous crowd of people. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great way to deliver this from Barbara's perspective because she just is looking at this guy, showing her the middle finger, and stands smiling at her. <laughs> then she looks over and sees a woman jumping two steps at a time. And then, she, is that Jerome who's blind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, Jerome with a gun. <laughs> Jerome with a gun. And I love that she, Holly calls him, like, gets there and she goes, Mike? Mike Sturdivant? Yeah.
0: Oh, from her childhood. Yes, yeah. she yeah.
2: imagines this <laughs> Brady as
1: this guy that bullied her as a kid. And she runs up and she's like, The the right words divinely came to me. And she's like, hi, Mike. Bam! (laughs) She
2: smacks him in the temple with the happy slapper, creating a teacup-sized divot in his skull. Then when you think it's over, she wallops him again and caves in a bigger part of his head. And he starts to convulse.
0: He marches like his mom marched when she was present
2: There...
1: Literally in like the fist row of a sold out <laughs> concert on the aisle.
0: I'm surprised the music didn't just <laughs> <laughs> immediately ground no to No one a halt.
2: reacts
0: because <laughs> of the carnival shit. Yeah, it is too distracting.
2: Singing along. Well, the person next to Brady does react. <laughs> yeah, she is very
3: concerned. Yeah,
1: there's this moment of like, what? What did you guys think of that? Because there's this just this woman in a wheelchair sitting next to him who's like almost trying to flirt with him. Did you get that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It seemed like she, you know, she's at a concert and yeah. sees a cute guy and doesn't know he gets handies from his mom and wants to flirt. And then understandably, if you saw somebody just beating the shit out of somebody in a wheelchair, your natural instinct is to think that that person is in the wrong. Yeah. <laughs> also
2: with a sock. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> from her perspective. Yeah. She just got saw this dude get hit with a sock twice. And it's, his it's, head
0: caved in.
1: It was in. absolutely <laughs> an insane scene.
2: And Jerome- And I fucking love it. Jerome like dives in and grabs. she's like, grab his arms. Because he's like flailing and they're worried he's going to mm-hmm. hit the button. And the girl next to him really is like reaching over like, stop. And she like grabs her and she's like, he has a bomb. <laughs> she like backs off. Holly is running this shit right that now. Uh, And despite all of the flailing, she manages to defuse the bomb. And when it's over, (laughs) make this note, when it's over, Jerome hugs her with all of his might and she only minds a little, (laughs) (laughs) which is just peak Holly. Then we go back to Hodges, who is just listening and waiting for some sign that something has happened. But the world goes dark and Hodges goes down. He wakes up in the ICU with Pete next to him and the first thing he thinks is he knows that Holly and Jerome stopped it. Pete tells him that Brady is in a deep coma with minimal brain function. Basically says um we have we have the other two and they're not saying anything. They wanted to wait and see how how things shake <laughs> See what you
0: said? <laughs> yeah.
2: Um you're pretty fucked on this. <laughs> like any good ex-partner.
0: Rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely rightfully so, which leads to this one page pre-epilogue that is <laughs>
2: insane. Holly and Jerome, this one page is a, a decree from the mayor's office awarding Holly and Jerome the Medal of Service and uh, Free City Services for ten years.
0: Well, because they aren't retired cops. Right. They didn't break the laws much or in, as is much. egregious a way.
2: <laughs> well, and, is, and Bill is taking responsibility mm, for everything. Yeah. and It is still wild to
1: me the idea that the mayor is like setting precedence that vigilanteism is cool, <laughs> which I mean to be fair, they it saved is. a lot of people, <laughs> yeah, and it, it was all very cool. But it, it's just it stretched the. uh
0: I don't know though because dis-
1: I it stretched my disbelief a little bit.
0: I think it ties kind of to the way the public treated Olivia, which you and I also had issue with, mm-hmm. and we had a conversation about. You know, we're talking about the Cecil Hotel, people needing to have that focal point. And so I could see sort of that being turned around and the community being behind these three people and the cops or the city not feeling comfortable. Yeah. Okay. You know, punishing them too severely because it wouldn't be very popular. I, I don't know.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. We jump to October. Where they the three of them are all meeting up for a picnic and we find out that all of the charges against Hodges have been dropped. Holly has made this massive picnic and they're all gonna hang out in this park and just enjoy each other's company. Just
0: imagined it was all like cigarettes and blu-rays. <laughs> <laughs>
2: This is where we find out that Hodges can never be a private detective because he'll never get bonded because of all the things that he just did. (laughs) But he can be a skip tracer, though, because he can, you don't need a license, a private detective license to work for bail bondsmen. Holly offers to help because she's moved to the city. She actually moved into Janie's condo. And we find out that Janie left her half a million dollars in a trust so that she can have her independence and live her own
0: life. Super nice considering Janie describes Holly as her weird cousin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I have weird cousins. I still love them, but yeah. it surprised me.
2: But she, uh, but I think Janie, it also shows that Janie knows
0: the what situation, Holly's capable of. Yeah. And, and
2: J- Janie was a genuinely kind person.
1: Yeah. That, I, 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 totally I
0: liked that, that she had that moment. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Lastly, November of 2011, 17 months after the incident at the Mac, Brady wakes up from his coma. I fucking hate this. He tells the nurse he has a headache and asks for his mom. And it took me until writing this note to make that connection that I missed <laughs> the first time I read it.
0: <laughs> that was the worst way to end it. Like that being the way le- Put that and then put the wrap up with our characters. Don't leave me on that, yeah, Stephen King. This-
1: this is, this is the thing i really want you to take away yeah. from this book this is how this i want you to feel loved
2: incest <laughs> <laughs> see what the first time i read it i read those two things completely you separate. read it genuinely yeah. yeah i read it like Josh. how, how, the, how, the, <laughs> how nurse... the nurses
1: hear it not, right
2: not knowing about the right movies. and because it wasn't it was because well in my defense, when I read this the first time, I didn't talk about it as much as I have during this <laughs> podcast. Uh, okay. I read it and pushed it to the back of my mind. <laughs> Having Brady wake up at the end of this, how did how did that make you feel at the, the end, knowing that he spent 17 months in a coma and then comes to?
0: It felt like Stephen King shitting in my cereal. <laughs> Jesus.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know.
1: I went into this with as little information as possible, having read The Outsider. Yeah. But I remember the hints that The Outsider dropped. I know that there, it's not the end of Brady Hartsfield. And if I remember correctly, some weird shit happens in the last two
0: books. That's what I'm yeah. wondering because I, I was reflecting on, you know, this connection to The Outsider and The Outsider mm-hmm. does have that supernatural element. Mr. Mercedes- is not supernatural at at all. all. It's just a a crime novel.
1: Which is what makes me so excited to read book two and three, because I know that shit changes. How, why, that's insane. (laughs) I I want to know how and why Stephen (laughs) King is like, okay, I wrote a really good detective, like, modern noir.
0: I think you're pronouncing gross wrong.
1: Uh, (laughs) now there's monsters or whatever i don't know though like, i'm
0: i'm on board oh me too yeah.
2: it's gonna be
1: crazy yeah but i uh,
2: didn't notice until reading it this time that uh stephen king already planted a character for later in this book the, at the very oh, really? end uh the nurse comes in to dr babano is who she runs and tells this to dr babano is featured in huh. because he's he takes care of brady and it was just funny like, if it were me, I would have forgotten that I gave a doctor a name that took care of him. <laughs> so, like, after having been through all this, like, seeing that, oh, yeah, I know mm-hmm. that name God. comes back. I know cool. how to pronounce that name now. Yeah. Uh, which no, I didn't the first time I read it. This,
1: definitely, the, the ending, it made me really excited to read Finders Keepers. Nice.
2: And end of watch. So, uh, shall we rate this bad boy? Yeah. Ben, you want to go first?
1: Might as well. You can only get so wet. Um, <laughs> not using that right, I don't think. <laughs> I fucking love this book. It's a fast read. The pacing is excellent. The characters are fantastic. I don't know that I have anything interesting to say other than it's really fucking good. Five out of five. Blue Chambray shirts. Did you like the ending? Yeah. Wow.
0: Is that a first Ben likes the ending? (laughs) In a book we've covered?
1: I have to have liked some ending. Right?
0: I don't know. Hold on. I gotta go
1: (laughs) see That's I got to go into my mind palace, Besides right? Besides
0: short stories. Oh, God, that's yeah.
2: wonderful. I had to have
1: liked
0: something.
3: <laughs> I, I liked
2: something. I'm sure of it. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. I also don't really have much to say about it because I enjoyed it so much. There's no like caveats like, oh, this, but I don't have to really defend it. I, and I loved listening to it. The guy does such an amazing job. And I also am really excited to read it because mm-hmm. I like doing both. And I can't wait to someday, if we ever get to cover them, do the next two in the trilogy. And I'm also going to give it five out of five blue chambray shirts. Nice.
2: This being my second read through, I was almost worried that I wouldn't like it as much as the first time. Because the first time, uh, just like you guys, I it's so it draws you in so much. The characters are all amazing, and the second time through, I even got more out of it because I it, it was so great to revisit how all of this started. And I loved every second of it. Brady is such a terrible villain Mm -hmm. in the best ways you can have a terrible villain. And it's you never stop cheering for the action. It's so great. So I'm going to give it five out of five blue chambray shirts.
0: Well, that's it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio. As always, thank you for listening. Join us next time when we cover the book Thinner through Chapter 16, another Patreon selection by Kevin Sundstrom. For Joshua Kahn and Benjamin Graham, I'm C.M. Alexander reminding you, to the young, tragedies that don't happen are only dreams. The memories, they're the reality. Hey everyone, C.M. Alexander here. Thank you for listening to Mr. Mercedes Part 3. We hope you enjoyed it. I have some deleted audio for you that didn't make the final cut, but first, as always, please find us on social media at Dairy Public Radio or send us an email at dairypublicradio at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of the episode and any other thoughts you'd like to share. Please take a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcast if you haven't had the chance to do that already, and check out our Patreon for merch and other perks.
1: I I want to ask CM, you, uh, you've been so yucked out by Brady's incest, but you didn't have any problem with the main character from The Long Walk. So
0: why?
2: Because <laughs> he wanted to fuck his mom.
0: Wait, did he actually, or is that a joke we made?
2: No, I, I'm pretty sure it was
0: real. <laughs> okay, the difference... You know, he he won that right, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that's
1: played. not going to say anything funnier than that.
0: That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.